Hello and welcome back. <gasps> oh, who's that? Who's that voice? <laughs> to the game pit. This is 164. I should say episode 164. <laughs> You've lost it. I, I've lost it. I'm, I'm very rusty. And uh, after Ronan's half an hour of apologising last time out, <laughs> I am hopefully back this time. We'll, we'll find out in the, in the due course. <laughs> it's Sean, everyone. You probably haven't recognised his voice. That was Sean. He's real. I haven't killed him. Uh, you're very welcome to the game pit. Sean, what's going down? Well, I'm back. Matthew Jew's not talking to us. Uh, yeah, he's definitely <laughs> not talking to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm back and um, we're going to do a top 10. I'm going to hopefully bore you all with a few of my games that I've been playing most recently. Yeah, it's nice to be back in the pit row. Is it still a secret top 10? I wouldn't tell them last time in case this didn't happen. It's a secret top 10. As secret as you can get sitting next to each other. And you're, no, <laughs> I mean, you haven't told them what the top 10 is Oh. <laughs> My apologies. So, we are going to do the top 10 deck builders. Sort of. Sort of. <laughs> That's because, almost from my list, not your list. Uh, well, it's quite a subjective thing, isn't it, deck Like, how far do you go? Like, what is a deck if, if you're introducing, like, a card to, to a thing, is that a deck builder? So, I think we've had to sort of maybe rule out some games. Well, Okay. Speaking of which, shall we rule some out before we go any further? We no, because games? most of them are probably on my list. I'm going to tell you three that I win. These are deck builder adjacent. Right, so you're going to ruin my list if any of them are on it. I won't say, I won't say, even if they're on my list. I won't well, just say. say whether you think they're deck builders or not. They're not, but you know what I'm saying? They are, you know, anyway, this is a weird one. Arboretum. No. Why not? Because it's more of a hand management game. Isn't but it? isn't that hand your deck? Yeah, but you're not you're not really building the deck. But you right? are. You're taking cards in and you're getting cards out and you're assembling it for the end to score for you to suit. But don't, in, in Arboretum, haven't you already got the cards? You're just taking from your own pile. Is that is that? I know no, you're going down your, in your, own, your own discard pile. You got your own discard. But you are pile. drafting them, or you're drawing them and drafting them from other piles and stuff. Yeah. So you are, just because the deck's in your hands, that means it's not a deck. It didn't. It didn't spring out as a. No, I've, I've excluded it. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I don't think it is. Neither do I. But I thought it was worth being annoying. Okay. Equally, race for the galaxy. I. Oh, is it in your top ten? Is it? There's no, no, no. It is, actually isn't. No, I did look at it, but I ruled it out, and I can't remember. I did, no, I don't think there's enough to it. I think that is even more hand management. Yeah. But you are getting those six cost cards, and you are sort of trying to build your deck towards being able to play them and maximise them. Yeah, usually yeah. but no I don't think it's a deck no. builder before anyone shouts me and the last one that I really thought about putting it in was Arkham Horror TCG as in living card game because uh, I said Arkham Horror the card game and then Arkham and the cat Arkham his cat just meow <laughs> <laughs> yeah Arkham hi <laughs> <laughs> and then um, because you build your deck beforehand but also as you go through you get experience and you're adding to your deck but it doesn't happen in the game yeah. So that was as close to as I thought. Yeah, I have not really played Arkham Horror the card game enough to probably see that that aspect. I know you do sort of build your deck at the beginning and choose what what goes in. Did you exclude all ones that you build a deck before the game? Quick look, <laughs> shuffle through the paperwork. Uh, I think so. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to abuse you if you didn't. <laughs> so all right, were there any that you? Have you got anything to comment on that came close that you thought that's not quite a deck builder like that? Ooh, I've got my I've got my other list here. Oh, <laughs> can't show you that either because I've written numbers. Um, so my came close were no, 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 like that weren't oh. actually deck builders, not like your. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they weren't actually deck builders. I, I wrote down ticket to write because you are you you are bringing deck cards into your hand, and then I excluded it because I thought no, that's, that again. That's yeah, that was way far the mark. Yeah, coll- that's more set collection. <laughs> yeah, blood rage. I ruled out. I mean, I just ruled that out from all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad it was ruled out for some reason. Terraforming Mars, I ruled out because you're just getting the cards. Rachel said that as well, and I was like, "But you're not ever building a deck in Terraforming Mars." You're not, but you are, in, especially in the draft variant. You are sort of picking and choosing cards to bring into your seven into wonders. Could be a deck, builder. yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Nah, I think those are. So yeah, they're, but they're it's the on. It's on BGG as a deck builder. There's so many games are on board mm, game Geek. and the one of the latest ones I've been playing at home is Adventure Tactics, and you do get at the end of every mission you do get cards into your hand, that's but you're not really choosing them; you just get them from for doing the mission. Okay, fair enough. So that's some stuff that's not going to be in our top tens. There you go. 
was I with that was right Sean because he's been denied the mic for so long <laughs> it's yours mate take it out I just cherry picked a few games that I've been playing of late and the one that sort of come back to the table because the expansions have just hit from Kickstarter is Grand Austria Hotel. Now, I've only played with one of the expansions, but we're not going to talk about those now because Roden wants to explore them and we'll have a, hopefully have a chat about those later. And uh, Grand Austria Hotel comes from Lookout Games. It originally came from Mayfair as well, but obviously now the now defunct Mayfair. And yeah, we've brought it back to the table because a really strong game from our memories and it did and it didn't disappoint Ronan. Oh! Oh! Is it because you were awful? <laughs> the first one I was, but I've won the last two, so I'm back on track. But um, there's a lot to love about the game, and there's one downfall. One sli- not downfall, that sounds more dramatic than it needs to be. But slight sort of pitfall, slight... Mm, I'm not sure about that. Stop tickling me. What is it? <laughs> so, what okay. do you like about it? What do you like about it? What I love about it, I love the constant influx of powers that you get. So you've got your powers from your staff, you've got the powers from guests that are coming in, you've got powers from the Emperor if you succeeded on his track. So there's there's that constant influx and it's how you use those and how the order which you use them and, and how effective you are at using them. I really like that and I like to be able to utilise those powers in, in a really effective way and it's, it's quite combo-tastic when you, when you do it right. That's one aspect I like about it. Yeah, I've only played it once ever. Oh, uh, okay. We were going to get more games in prior to this, but we went out instead of last night, and then you got up late this morning. I did. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's your fault. It is that this is poor coverage. But I do remember, yeah, and Combine, when you fill up the rooms, don't you choose the room to get a particular thing for... You, yeah, that's another one where you can get uh, additional sort of points in one of the three areas. Um, if you fill up a group of rooms of the same colour. and but forging your own path through the combos. It, absolutely, absolutely. Now, do you, how much do you remember about the Emperor track? None. None. Okay, so the Emperor I track... I believe it's a track that's called Emperor track. <laughs> just said it. Um, you have to sort of go up this Emperor track, and at the end of, it, end of the third, fifth, and seventh round, it's going to score you points, but then you, you have to reduce a certain amount, the, the number of the round. You have to go three spaces back after the third round. And if you are in the gold area, you get the Emperor's bonus... If you fall back into basically to zero points on the Emperor track, you get uh, punished by the Emperor. Okay. And it can be quite punishing and it can be quite rewarding. It's, it's something Matthew G brought up when we played it with him recently. He said, oh, I, I played it before. Oh, so he is still talking to you then? Yeah, he's talking to me. Oh, to you. Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> he said, I remember the Emperor track being really frustrating. And I thought, and we played it again, and with that in mind, I was looking at it, I thought, no, it's, I think it's that necessary additional thing that makes the game a little bit more interesting for me. Because I think without that, without that fear of punishment, you just do the same thing over and over again, and you have to think about the Emperor track, otherwise you're going to get punished. It's one of those obstacles you need in Euro to give you a sense of peril. Yeah, exactly. Lorenzo Il Magnifico has a very similar track. Almost like there's almost yeah, almost (laughs) groupy bunch Um, of people. So I'm going to move on to the one that I both love and hate. Well, hate is a factor. Yeah, the one factor. It's the dice selection. Now, I think as a mechanism for choosing your actions, it's really good because you're rolling the dice. You never know where the dice are going to fall because I'll explain to people. So when, you, when you're when you choosing your actions, the first player will roll all the dice and then the dice will sit in their section. So the ones will go in the one section, etc. Each of those sections gives you one of your actions for the game, for the game round. And the amount of dice in that section is the power of that action. So, very simply, the first one gives you cake and strudel. Mm. Uh, (laughs) I thought that might appeal to you. If you've got four dice in there, you can have four of those items. And when you take your selection, you take your die out. Really good. Really good. Makes you think. Keeps you on your toes. However, what I don't like is you can be absolutely hosed by it. If you are desperate, for instance, you have to get rooms out onto your board and maybe one of those dice come out and somebody else hoovers it up, then you might you might not be able to build a room. You, you might be stuck with the same customers and your game just stalls. 
if that happens near the end of the game, that can be absolutely huge. It can stop you going up the Emperor track. It will stop you scoring points. It will stop you recycling and getting powers through your customers. For no no fault of your own, you just happen to be last in turn order or no threes get well, is rolled. Is turn order just because it goes go around the table? Yeah. Oh, you don't, there's no way of grabbing first player or anything like that? No. No. Okay. It, it, goes, it just and goes. Is rotates. there a wild area? There is a wild area. So um, they've tried to mitigate it. They have tried to mitigate it, but... Again, and it does mitigate it usually. You can usually rely on the sixes of the wild area. Yeah. But we found it again in the game with Matthew that Matthew was just absolutely frozen. He couldn't move his people out of the way. And when the three, I think it was threes, when the threes were rolled, there was no sixes. So me and Nat would hoover up the threes. And he was he ended up with like loads and loads of really good cards that he needed to shift to score loads of points. And he just couldn't get them. He couldn't get him, and it cost him the game in the end. And you couldn't see a way around that at all. You were just the dice. There no, was no, the, the, the dice just weren't there for him. And in a game that takes with three players, two two and a half hours. No, I think it's a bit quicker than that. I think it's about an hour and forty-five. You play quick. We we'll play quick. It just feels like this is quite a thinky, strategic Euro game, and to have that element of luck that can just completely hose you, and there's no real way to mitigate it if if the dice are against you. I mean, you'll play games, you'll play like maybe three games in a row where nothing like that will happen, but that one game could be really frustrating. You know, you're so unforgiving of Euros for games like that and so forgiving of shock <laughs> games that having, are barbarian in the name. Having said that, I really, really enjoy Grand Austria Hotel. I think it's a really good game and I'll forgive it those few moments of frustration because I just think it's such an enjoyable game to play. It's very magnanimous of you, almost imperial. Oh, oh. Yes. Emperor Sean over there. <laughs> so it, we're going to be playing it because hopefully we're going to be talking about the expansions with or, with or without Sean. And I got the expansions because Rachel's played it way more than I have and she loves it. I've talked about that. So um, Grand Austria Hotel is going to be hitting my table whether you get out of bed or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. As I said, I've already played one of the expansions but I shall reserve five, five modules in it? Five modules and then a load of extra stuff. For stuff? The, just stuff? Right. It literally says extra stuff. <laughs> with a H I look forward to that right next one next one Downforce from Restoration Games uh, it was a game just wanted to buy to play with James because he, he's always really loved uh, Monza the Haber game and I thought this might be a little step up in, in complexity what did I find what did I find it's pretty much camel up with cars <laughs> oh Yes, yeah, so what, what happens is you draft your cars at the beginning, you, you bid on them. So you, no, you're not drafting them at all, you, you're, you're bidding on well, them. Well, you're drafting or bidding on them? <laughs> you're bidding on them. Okay, at the beginning, And every, every person has at least one car, and you've got a hand of cards, and those cards will show each colour car and how much they can move. So you're not only moving your own colour, you're also moving everybody else's, and you've got to be quite strategic in, in how you move those cars, so... Ronan might be the green car and I might be the orange car. And yeah, orange might be great, but green might also be great. And you have to move them in the order shown on the card. Mm. So I might need desperately need to move my orange car five spaces. But if I move Ronan's car six spaces and he's above me on the list, he might block me off in one of the pinch points in the corners and mm. stuff. So you've got to be really careful about what cards you play. As you run out at the end, you will run out and you'll be sort of just moving each other's cars and what have you. So the reason it reminds me of camel up is that you've got the be- a betting mechanism to stop runaway leaders uh, it's a catch-up mechanism essentially so what you score points you can bet and score points yeah there's three marks on the course where you pass a certain area and once you go there everyone bets on who they think is going to win okay and you score points based off that as is, well. is it possible to win then even if your cars don't Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes, it is, absolutely. So is the betting more important than the racing? or I think it is quite finely balanced. Also, what I didn't say, when you pay for a car, the bid that you make comes off your score at the end. So you've got to minus that, whatever you've paid. So if you've got three cars and everyone else has got one, then you're going to have a big minus at the end probably. But you've got to have a better chance of winning the race. I won the race in the game we played and I ended up last because my, my other car finished last and my bets were just completely wrong. So... What do I think of it? I, I think it's it's a a fine, perfectly good game. We had fun playing it. It hasn't been requested since. Oh, and I don't think that's necessarily no, that's damning. <laughs> Is it damning? That's damning. It was just we we've got a lot of games, so it didn't strike a chord. Now, 
I'll talk about a, a game in, in a little while where James was just like, I need to play that again. It just wasn't one of those. Monza, for the simplicity of the game that Monza is, where you're just rolling coloured dice and moving the cars onto the different colours and trying to maximise your sort of path, uh, I think it doesn't give much more excitement than that. <laughs> it's, it's more strategic and it's a more in-depth game. And I think probably more for older people to be able to enjoy that type of game with the youngsters. But for James himself, I don't think it scratched a different itch. So I don't think both will remain in our collection. Sounds like only Monza will. Yeah, well, yeah, we love our. So I'm an Egypt. I said a GMT game. I, I did. I did. I know that you're thinking of. Um, I just looked it up. That's why I was on my phone. Uh, Thunder Rally. <laughs> Thunder. <laughs> this is a restoration games game. A re-implementation of Top Race. I know all that because I just looked it up. So yeah. I was like, I'm getting confused. I had prepared to talk about Apocalypse Road. The implementation, re-implementation of this with weapons and stuff, but it's not this game. No. No, I'm no. going to move on. Yeah? Yeah. Is that what you're I don't do? know what Downforce is. I don't know what I was... <laughs> this is not what I prepared for. This is quality game. Yes. Okay. It's not by GMT. Sorry, I'm an Proud idiot. Proud members of the Dice Tower Network. <laughs> Bring them down as we go. Okay. Downforce. It's all right, but you're not all that. Is that what you're telling me? It's fine. Perfectly yeah, fine. Yeah. I will play it anytime. Perfectly fine. Lead on to your next game. <laughs> <laughs> so this is one that... Did you play this or did you just turf it because you hate the theme? No, no, what are you talking about? I played it and reviewed it with you. Well, then more too? Yes. Oh, okay. Remember the whole unpacking f- shenanigans and... Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I played it. I played it oh, on okay. Eastbourne. I played it on Game... I played it like three or Oh, cool. Times. All right, so yeah, that's good. So Dan Hughes brought it down to the house recently when he came down to visit. Because he and likes it. Because he loves it. It's one of the few games he's actually kept in his collection. And played it again myself with Nat with two players. So I just wanted to... We had play, so I've played it four player and two player. I don't even know what that mechanism is called. I'm call, I've called it a, like a push your actions, but I don't know... That's definitely That's not. definitely not it. <laughs> <laughs> I call it the river. The river. That, but that's not going to catch on. But it kind of, because people call it the Agitia, which is we go down the Nile River right. or the Francis Drake. It's a thing where you choose how far forward you go. Yeah, and then so you're, you're choo- when you're the hindmost internal. There's a there's a track of tiles. It's a tile drafter. I'll just do all this for you. Thank you. It's it's Scottish <laughs> themed. If it's just Scottish, generic Scottish thing, we know it's got whiskey and sheep <laughs> and and uh, louds and uh, uh, glens and all the six things that people ever think. I'm running loves about these games. Oh god, I hate it. Anyway, think of something. There's a lot of things in Scotland, all right? Not just whiskey and sheep. Okay. Anyway, um, there's tiles and there's rounds and you're drafting and hindmost goes and you can go as far around the track as you. Want and you just choose a tile and take it in but obviously the further on you go when you leave someone behind they can just hoover up loads of tiles yeah. if they want to when you take the tiles you put them into a grid there's spatial aspects there's workers you've got to get in mm-hmm. the workers score for being in different places each tile can only be activated a certain number of times uh, when they activate they, they give you resources or they let you convert resources into other things and score points yeah, yeah and, it's, and it's got that what I think Glenmore 2 added in was that track where you've you get the the personalities. Yeah, you move out through the clans. Yeah, and like yeah, that, and you, you get, get bonuses little to do bonus it. powers. To be honest, I thought that was a load of fuss over nothing. I could have done without it, but it was a way. It was it was a nice distraction. For it was me. a way out of a hole. Yeah, it was, it was like it was, oh, I could do with three money here. Oh, I can do that. And also, you got points for the amount of personalities you had. Yeah, but I don't um, plus I didn't like the artwork and the personalities, and that's just <laughs> it was a bit uncanny valley. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I've but no no no. Have you, hold on now. This oh, is good. Oh, oh. There's like three people listening to understand news. this. No, no. Uncanny Valley. You, you might see it today. So we're going out to watch the British Lions play South Africa, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a rugby tour and some players always get injured on a rugby tour. It's just natural standard and they get some replacements to come out. At the beginning of the match, they do a, a thing where they, they put the, each of the, the rows of the team. So generally you can split a rugby team up into about six different ranks of players who play similar positions. And then there's this thing where the, the the camera sort of pans 120 degrees around them. Right. And it's like a video. So like they're there and they're looking and they cross their arms and across. But the replacements, they haven't got a video of them. So they've replaced them with like a CGI face that doesn't blink oh. or move or whatever. <laughs> and they just go around this and it is so uncanny, man. It's just like, oh my God, wait. <laughs> you got to look out for it, today. It's just, even, I know like three people are, are agreeing with me here and the rest of you going, right, stop talking. But anyway, <laughs> It sprung to mind. There you go. It's terrifying. <laughs> I shall look forward to it. I haven't seen Don't. it yet. So, 
I've had a bit of a shaky relationship with that particular mechanism. Some of them, yeah, sometimes I, I quite like it, like Francis Drake, and sometimes, like in Australia, I just didn't get you on with it. You were grumping about that. I was it's a great mechanism. In this one, I, I like it because the, the track isn't too far, and I don't think there's much, unless you're getting towards the end of the game, is going to make you do a massive jump, so you're not going to miss out on too much. That was my issue with it, that in this it felt a bit neutered. Because oh, I liked it because of that. So you just don't like the mechanism, basically. Yeah, but I don't. When when you see something like I really desperately need that, and you and you do go like half the board around to get it, I get then. And I know it's my own fault, but I get frustrated. I sit and waiting for like six, seven goes while everyone else chooses. Oh, I love that, and I love that, and I'm oh, get on with it. And it frustrates me. You got really angry. I did get really angry. You got quite big. (laughs) (laughs) What it meant to me that no one went through those big moves is that all the tiles were sort of. Yeah. Until you got into it, like era three and four, yeah. and then you were like, "All right, I've got certain things." Yeah, yeah. And then, now I want that particular one because that will turn the stuff I've got into points. <laughs> and so the first couple of rounds were a bit like, "I'll oh, just dibby dabby, take whatever's going on." And then halfway through the game, I actually start playing because I look at what I've set up and go, "Like, right, this is where I'm yeah. going." And so, it also rewarded knowing the tiles that game to me. Yeah, knowing the special card ones that come out, we we got the locations. Yes, the locations, in fact. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> knowing them immediately and not having to sort of look them up and stuff was it was was definitely a bonus. But I quite like that mechanism in this game. I thought the combinations there were some really nice combinations depending on what track you go down there was always some nice combinations first time i just sort of settled on the animal market and trading in lots of animals and quietly getting on about my business doing that and then the next one i went for the whiskey barrels and oh, is there whiskey in it in a scottish game there is oh okay it's only whiskey and sheep in scotland did you not know <laughs> and sporns <laughs> And I agree to a certain degree about the uh, personalities, but the art in general and the components are beautiful. Yeah, they're high standards. They're, they're very high standards. Now, I quite like the scoring, but not in a two-player game. In a two-player game, isn't there something you can do? There's, to... No, there's the only thing, the difference in a two-player game is you roll a die in terms of moving oh, around the track, tiles. and it takes tiles away. Yeah, yeah It doesn't yeah. really score or do anything, it just takes well, I actually tiles. thought that was okay. That, that in itself is really yeah. good. Like, it works. Because it will take time. You've got to think, well, that, that one's risk. going after yeah. me. There's always that risk that that's going to miss basically like playing with some of our friends. Like, going to take a random time. <laughs> yeah. like, what did you take that for? But the scoring is so zero-sum. If you get ahead in three of the, of the five scoring areas, you'll probably win because you're going to keep getting ahead and ahead yeah, and ahead. Yeah. And nobody's there to take that off you. And you have to be a certain amount ahead to score the big points. You got that thing whereby, especially if you've got like, sure, let's stop kicking things. <laughs> you've got that thing whereby, if let's say you've got ahead in something, then I make the decision to start stopping you because I'm going to start drafting that to try and catch yep. up with you. Then the other two players have got an advantage yeah, because, okay. like, you know, if all three of us try and draft them, we can't stop you because you've got ahead. So it's going to one person to try and catch you, but then that's to me in their game because they can't follow their own or, plan. Or we just do what we did with Dan. Dan had about 17 million whiskey barrels. And we're like, all right. Keep them. Keep them. <laughs> we ain't touching any of that. <laughs> that's, that's yours. That's your story. <laughs> yeah, that can happen. <laughs> so I really enjoyed Glenmore too. I'm looking forward to taking on the Chronicles and adding some more into the game as, as I go along. Uh, no Rona's got rid of it, because <laughs> he, he just hates Scotland. I was, no, how dare you, how dare you, I love Scotland. It was a really big box, the game weight, the scoring, the fun I had didn't justify the size of the box to keep on myself. It's taken up about four game space. True. And even with the Chronicles, yeah, they are twists, don't get me wrong, if you like the game, then great. But if you're uh, about the game, they're not going to change your mind. So I was like, this is just more uh, for me. So Yep, okay, that's cool. And last up, it's a little game that was sent to me from a designer in Japan. And it's Sky Tower, and it comes from Exist Games. It's a free print-and-play game. The designer is very keen to sort of promote the game itself. It's just won a load of awards. So the designer's name is Charles Ward, and he is the CEO for uh, Exist Games. 
and it's just won some awards. What's his salary? <laughs> so you're giving out details here. <laughs> yes, he's just won a uh, a 2021 54 card game design contest, and it won second in a load of. It a sounds load of like load. you're reading that. It's it weird. sounds like it sounds like someone just handed me a phone with this, the details <laughs> of it. <laughs> And it won second for best artworks. Uh, Don't read that out, oh, okay. you weirdo. It, he put it into a 54-card game design contest, and it won best two-player game and came second load of other stuff. There you go. That's the credentials for this game. There you go. And if, if you like what, what you're about to hear, uh, then we will put the link to the free print and play uh, in the game notes, and I've also tweeted it out, but I'll do that again. Because I liked the game a lot, Ronan. And more importantly, because it's a family weight game, James absolutely adored it and he wanted to play it again and again and again. And that's what I meant about Downforce. He didn't request that again, but this one, he just wanted to play it over and over. So as I said, a family weight game, 10 to 20 minutes per game. What it is, is you have a a series of cards and you're going to draw these cards into your hand. And each one of these cards is a segment of a tower. Cards range from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10 even. And you're both ways. Both ways. Okay. And you are putting the cards together on top of each other, and what you're aiming to do is get to 21 points. There are stipulations. You can't put like the 10 has to be the the bottom card if you play a 10, and and there are powers on some of the cards. But once you get to 21, you put those aside and you start a new tower. The scoring at the end happens on on some of the towers. There's these yellow fl- kites that are flying off the, the side of the buildings, and you count the amount of kites that are flying. And then that's your that's your victory points at the end of the game. Whoever's got the most wins. As I said, there are some cards with powers. There's one that makes everyone reduce down to five cards. There's one that you say to somebody, oh, have you got a number six? And if they've got one, they've got to give it to you. And the other stipulation is the top card of the player to your left and right, you can't play that same number. Ooh. So you can block each other. So Ooh. if you can, if you see I'm that I'm, de- <laughs> if you see that I'm desperate for a two, to Here's a two. Yep, yeah, I'm putting a two. On. I might only have like a two down. So I'm putting another <laughs> two. And I'm sitting there trying to build up my card. <laughs> the other one is obviously with that card that you can say to people. So if I know that you you're going to finish yours with a one, the special unique power of one, it has two flags into the uh, two kites instead of one kite. So I might go, have you got a one in your hand? And you might have to give me your only one, and then you have to go fishing for for ones. Wow. I'd get upset. <laughs> that, that level of blocking each other and doing that to each other, it, does it get frustrating or is it... Obviously, we don't do it a lot with James, but... Weak we, parents. Very weak. <laughs> but James does it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible parents. Or good parents. He did it to Nat because she was about to finish off a really good tale. Because I, well, I also... To his got own to, mother. To his own mother. Well, we've got, there, are certain, <laughs> there are certain bonus cards that you put to one side. And if you do, in certain sequences, if you have like three sevens in your... If you make a tower out of three sevens, that you get a bonus. 21. That would be 21. Thanks. Uh, if you have um, O building with only threes or twos and ones then you get another it's, it's, it's or, extra points or the blocker as we call it <laughs> the blocker so I think Nat was trying to do that one she had a load of threes and she just needed a one and then James got two of those cards on the boat and one and she wasn't too fast so we knew she had another one and next time <laughs> I had it and then I said one <laughs> she wasn't happy <laughs> so yeah you can be mean but I think that's it's such a quick game. That's not going to stay around too long. Uh, the card powers, I think, stop it from being boring. Uh, you've got that sort of forced interaction with the limitations based on what your neighbour has. And I, I think for a, a 10 to 20 minute game, I think it's a really good game. And for free, you know, you can't go wrong. And he's just, he's very, I like his emails. He's really, yeah. Uh, informative. And anyway, he's yeah. this morning said he's going to try and get it on board game arenas. So he's making it available for free all over. Yeah. So that's nice. So, if you like the thought of that, please get get on board because I think it's a really good game. Lovely, lovely. You're done. I'm done. Marvelous. Are we top tenning? We are top. It's good to have you back. By the way, I missed you. No, you didn't. I did. You like the sound of your own voice. I don't. Actually, I really don't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, should we do our top tens? Who's going first? Go on. You're in charge. You're back. Uh, I'll go first. Okay, then. You. Yeah, it's still the limelight. <laughs> 
<laughs> so top 10 deck builders of all time anything else we need to say we said what sort of games come close any other stipulations I'll say that I tried to weight the importance of the deck building to the game so the more that the deck building is central to it the more higher up let's go for good English <laughs> the higher up my top 10 it was likely I to be did although or did you not no, I, I just literally found 10 games that I believe are deck builders and I put them in order of my favourite. Oh no, yeah, I had like a list of 40 and then I was like giving them pluses and minuses for how integral deck building was and all sorts. So Roland's just faffed. Yeah, I've overthought this. <laughs> <laughs> and my number 10's not even a deck builder, so it didn't go very well. Go on then, hit us with your number 10. Number 10. You tell me not to say that. I know. You've changed. <laughs> Xeno Shift Onslaught is my number Specifically 10. Onslaught. Uh, given that I haven't played the other one. Yeah. A really tough, interesting deck builder where it's a cooperative deck builder where you're trying to help each other out and you're also, you're just trying to survive this onslaught, hence the name, uh-huh. of these alien bugs that are attacking you. And the order of where your characters are on the track and your cards are on the track is is so important, and a real sense of foreboding as you as you try and just fend off these creatures. And I just I just think it's a fine game, and the cooperative nature of it really comes in once you get a bit more familiar with it. This just missed out. It's, it is a fine game. So load up on that. I think it's fantastic. But the reason I didn't put it in my top 10 is length of time it takes to play. Co-op nature, you really have to pay attention to what everyone else is doing. Mm-hmm. Because really you have to work together to, to make it work. And, and therefore it's it's sometimes hard. Because if everyone's not engaged, then it doesn't work quite as well. And the last thing is that it's, some of the enemies are a bit funny and unbalanced. Especially the ones that just do damage that you can in any way block the annoying one was the one that we did the damage to the last place one if that hey, one, I don't mind one. that yeah, you'd, you'd, you'd always put, like, put your yeah, last yeah, yeah, the like weakest yeah, yeah. once you know that's there I tend to put, put like not my weakest at the yeah, back yeah, and then yeah. I'm kind of making a call so you learn about the enemies but the ones that as soon as you flip them they do damage to your base and you can't do anything about yeah, them yeah. That, I took them out of the game that was a horrible <laughs> moment so I think very good choice just those sort of Little limitations kept it out of my top 10, but per- but personally, I love it. Right. This is definitely number 10, a bit of a dodgy one, right? Right. Maiden's Quest. Do you remember I reviewed it? I remember you reviewed it. I can't remember much about it. So it's a solo game where you have a deck of cards and they've got enemies in there and you're a princess and you have your own... Each princess has her own sort of equipment and there's levels of a dungeon and you go through and you're encountering things and you're choosing what to encounter as you go through and you're choosing what things to avoid. You'll always be my princess. <laughs> you know how to make me happy. <laughs> okay, so the, so you don't bring any cards in or out of your deck, but the cards have got various states, and quite often you're choosing which cards to flip or upgrade or turn, and some of their functions can change a lot as you flip and upgrade them and turn them. And the enemies will be higher than your current level, so you'll go through on level one, then once you've gone all the way through a deck, you're now on level two, and the level two enemies and places will trigger, and then mm-hmm. level three, then level four. So you are manipulating your deck to be prepared, and you're, able, you're shuffling cards around in order, so you've got them in the right order to deal with an enemy that you know is coming up. And So you're flipping, turning, deciding what to damage, deciding what to do, so you are manipulating your deck as you go through. I don't know what to call it because it's deck not manipulation. Co- <laughs> Isn't that not what deck building is? <laughs> it's it's my dodgiest one for sure. But it is an interesting solo game. I think my dodgiest one's my number one. Oh, I look forward to castigating you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you've got it on your list. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. That is my dodgiest for right. sure. Right, number nine. Number nine. I'm going back a while, Ronan, to a game that frustrated us to some degree. Oh. because of poor rules and we struggled to understand what we were doing. Is it Shadow something? It's Shadow Rift. Shadow Rift. Really good game. I said really good. And just really hard. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> now, a lot of this is going to be edited out. I'm sure keep saying the word, I really. <laughs> you did it three times in your last bit as well. I was trying not to. <laughs> <laughs> I was really trying not to. Really trying yeah, yeah. yeah. Frustration. Shadow Rift. Shadow Rift. <laughs> Excellent game. When you get it down to the table and you understand what you're doing, the rule book puts a massive. Well, barrier. we played first edition. We did play first edition. So it has been reprinted. Yeah. I've got the second edition rule book. I haven't looked at it yet, but yeah, that, that rule book put a massive barrier into playing the it's, game. Wasn't it? Wasn't I staying with you? 
at the time you got it. Yeah. And so we had like a load of time. Yeah. Which is the only reason why we sat down and actually got through it and we worked got, it yeah. out. And, and we both said, you know what, that's a good game. But uh, once we the once we yeah. were there, but you, you don't play it for six months yeah. and you've got that barrier all over it. Nothing again. in the components helps you play. No. And yeah. But it kind of reminds me of Aeon's End. Yeah. It has that feel to it where you're fighting off a, a monster or, or an enemy and you're bringing cards into your deck to defend yourself, also to attack. And yeah, I think it maybe even inspired Aeon's End to a certain degree. Well, we can't say that. We can't say it, soon. but <laughs> I wouldn't I, be surprised if it did. I remember trying to enjoy it and seeing lots of good things, but it was not good enough for me to put in here. I can't believe Grand Australia Hotel gets this for the odd dodgy dice <laughs> This one gets away with absolute nonsense, but it's got dragons. So it's okay. Yay. Okay, my number nine does not have dragons. It's a GMT historical game about the troubled third century Roman Empire. Oh, yeah, I knew you'd have this. I can't remember the name. Time of Crisis. Yes. It's very streamlined. It's about being on a map, about controlling areas, about building infrastructure, but all that makes it sound more complicated than it is. It, at heart, it is a deck builder. There are different types of cards. You've got military, you've got commercial, and you've got political ones. As you build up your deck in particular directions, it dictates how you're going to attempt to take control of the Imperial Throne, which you're probably going to have to do at some point. In fact, you will have to do at some point in order to uh, to score points because you score generally most points while you're Emperor, but you're likely to get overthrown. So it was a time of you know lots of different Emperors overthrowing each other all the time. And that's what it was recreating. So are you going to go for a big money strategy or are you going to try and control the military or are you going to go for political votes? And it's a fantastic game. Best if everyone knows it and understands the intricacies because if you have someone who knows it well and the other people don't, they will dominate the game because it is very subtle and there's underflows and you have to see what people are setting themselves up to do. But it's brilliant. So top my nine. Time of crisis. <laughs> I played this with you a couple of times, and we played with somebody who did know the game quite well and was quite ruthless. And I think that sort of hindered my enjoyment of the game. Go on, who's that? Call out names. Pudget. I oh, really. Yeah, he, he, I don't think I played with you and Pudget. I think you played it with him. Oh, maybe I did play it with just him then. I can't, but. Yeah, he, he was getting get in certain areas, like becoming the, the emperor or something. Yeah. And very hard to overthrow him, and he just got more and more powerful. Yeah. And I was out of the game halfway in. I just didn't enjoy it. And I think I then played with you and a couple of others that knew the game again quite well, and I got hosed again. And a game has to be pretty good for me to get hosed and still enjoy it. But I just didn't see, see the love. I just found this one was quite unforgiving. Maybe if I started off at the same level with everyone, yeah. I, would, I would have investigated the game and discovered the game with them, and then it'd be more of a favourite. But yeah, yeah, that's guys the thing with GMT games. I find a lot that they're almost learnable to some degree. And if someone's ten games ahead of you, it does decrease the fun quite often. Yeah. It's but I mean that speaks to a certain type of game and the depth and the game that rewards multiple multiple plays. And when I play time guys with people who have played half a dozen times or whatever. I find it really enjoyable. But it, I can understand it's really difficult to get that right group to play it in unless yeah. you have the same four people to play it again month after month. So, yeah, I understand what you're saying. Cool, cool. Eight. My number eight. And I'm pretty sure this will be on your... Are you? Two. Are you? Tyrants of the Underdark. Are you? <laughs> it's a D&D themed... I reviewed it like two episodes ago, so you don't really have to... <laughs> okay, so much. yeah, it's an area control game with deck building. And it's a very clever area control game with deck building. And it's massive interaction. You're constantly trying to usurp people and backstab and and mess around and gang up on people. And I think it's probably a little bit too mean, actually, for me to have ever bought it, given that Ronan's got a copy and I could come play it with here here at any time because Ellie loves it as well. But it's still a real. Uh, I've said, oh, 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 nearly. No, you can really enjoy this one. It's okay. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Still, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> That's Tyrants of the Underdark. Yes, it is a fine game. Is it now? My number eight is just come on Board Game Arena this week and is not as universally loved as I might have expected. And I think it inspired Cubitos and its automobiles. Oh, uh, that's the AEG game? Yes. The one that I hated? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I think we need to play it again so it's actually a bag builder but I thought I'd throw this in here because it is 
See, no, I could have had all Leon. Yeah, I knew you'd say all Leon. I, knew I could have had Hyperborea. Yeah, but that's bad. That's, 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 that's a good game. That's a good game. It's a good game. Shut up. So, Automobiles is a racing game, and it's a bag builder. And why it's like Cubitos is that there are different colour cubes, but the different colour cubes can be different things from game to game. So, there's five different functions for the blue cubes, and there's one in each game. And you race around a track, and there's certain areas that you can go in and you have to manage your gears because you have to have a certain gear to be in certain areas. You can poodle around, but to really take the corners tightly, you have to be able to shift it up and down gears. And it's all represented by cubes and you have to deal with wear as well. So these brown cubes are coming to your bag and they're useless and you have to look after your engine as you're going around. around. You can't just burn around as quickly as possible. So I think it's a clever, subtle racing game where there's thought to it and luck and you're trying to build combos. And I really think it's it's a great game. And I hope they do a good BGA implementation because it might breathe new life into it. And I did buy an expansion which you bring in like a season mechanism and different drivers that you can use. And I thought it would add real depth to it. But our group had played it about maybe 10 times and then they just didn't seem interested in the expansion. So I'm going to have to try and talk people into that someday. Yeah, I'd only be guessing uh, why I didn't like it. So I think just my miserable custom poor taste would be my guess. There you go. Okay, number seven. <laughs> number seven, number seven. <laughs> Lewis and Clark. Another race game of sorts. Oh, I didn't even consider it. Well, you're definitely deck building because you're, you're, you're constantly bringing cards into your hand and those cards are used to propel you along the rivers and the mountains and get resources into your hand, change the way you get resources. They're the most important facet of the game, I think. And the game itself, I don't tend to like race games as much as being able to sort of build up an, an engine and an empire and what have you. But this one, for some reason, just always hits the spot. You do you do have your worker placement aspect to this, but as I said, the deck building and bringing those cards that power those those worker placements and power the moves that you're doing is such an important part of the game. That's why I included it. And but it's been around for a long time. It still makes the table occasionally. And uh, myself and Nat really enjoy Lewis and Clark. Your number seven. Interesting. I don't know why I didn't consider. It. I'm not as hot on it as you are. I don't know whether it would have made my top 10, but I don't know. It didn't end in my head. Because the deck building search thing on PGG is rubbish. So I had to just <laughs> not, not do that. Because it includes every game ever made. Okay. My number seven is Core Worlds. The sci-fi game about a galactic empire crumbling. And you are the uh, the barbarians, the outsiders making their way in to try and get to the core world, the most powerful worlds. You're building up in power, you are conquering planets, you're building up military fleets, you've got heroes that come into it. And with the first expansion, you get this kind of guild thing which helps a lot and mitigates against some of the bad luck and poor turns in different ways. The second expansion is not all that. But it's a deck build that's been around now for quite a while. It's longer, it's heavier, there are interesting things you can do with your cards. You can build up. You can get them out of your deck by garrisoning. And it all comes together nicely to give a thematic, attacky, drafty, some interaction-y gaming experience. <laughs> e. E. I, I like Cool Worlds. I bought it after playing it with you. I never... I think probably wrongly, because we've had this discussion where you've said to me it isn't as hard to learn as you remember it because obviously we were early in our sort of gaming journey. In terms I think of deck building was new. Yeah. So I think you were trying to get your head around the whole idea of deck building as well as trying to learn other yeah. stuff on top. And I think that's what put me off sort of ever learning it again. So and I, did, I just never played it, so I ended up trading it away. But yeah, I remember it to be a really solid game. Lots of interesting choices, and oh, I would happily play Call Worlds as long as you teach me. <laughs> yeah, it was 2011. You think it's um, it was one of the first games to make a deck model that wasn't just a deck of cards. Yeah, it was very innovative for its time, and he does make innovative games. I think it's Andrew Parks, isn't it? He does. Mm. I like to look at what he does. I don't always love them, but they're always a little bit interesting. So my number seven, Call World, Sean. Lovely. Your number, number six. Number six. Now again. I'm going to put it out there. I think this is a definite one for Ronan. It's legendary. Is it? Now, I've gone specifically for Marvel. Have you? I have. But I could throw in X-Files because I really like X-Files and Aliens. 
as well. But oh, well, that will be Legendary Adventures. Those we, are two I, separate games. Two. Okay, fair enough. But I'm going for Legendary Marvel. Are you? I am. Not a big fan of the semi-co-op side of it. But I think you dissed it last time you talked about it on here. I might have. I might have. I, I think, in fact, last time was about. Well. I don't know how long ago it was. It was a long time ago, and yeah, I, I, I dissed the. No, I don't think I played it. No, you had. Because I remember us asking about. No, that was the first time. But then we talked about this relatively recently, not relatively, like two years ago or something. And we were definitely you were taking the other side of that fence. You were like, was I? Yeah, maybe uh, you're trying to be windswept and interesting. Because no, I, I own it, and I, I bought a load of the expansions after. I converted you. Uh, maybe, maybe you have. Maybe, you didn't have an easy start with it. Maybe, maybe you've just, maybe Stockholm Syndrome and you just made me play it so so often. I've learned to love it. And if you learn to love it, I'll let you off the radio. That's okay. It's, allegedly, Stockholm Syndrome isn't a thing. It's just it? like a media created. Oh, is it? Allegedly. I read oh, a thing okay. about it the other day. Anyway. There you go. Marvel Legend. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really good game if you forget about the, the semi-cooperative nature side of it and just go take it as I'm trying to beat everybody else. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, obviously you've got the same goals, but you're just trying to do them better than everyone. And by but the thing with the system is that by trying to do the goals, you're helping everyone out anyway. There's not that many decision points where you're yeah. like, oh, this is for the good of the game. Good of the yeah, group. exactly. And yeah. Then you're trying to win the game all the time, so... My, my problems with it were with the setup time and the iconography was very ickle-bickle and the older I get the harder it is for me to see those those icons <laughs> Roland's showing me two fingers um, does that mean you want me to wrap up in two minutes yeah, that's, that's the icon for you <laughs> yeah but it's, it's, it's a good solid deck builder where you're you're moving along you're defeating villains you're rescuing Maybe. people you're trying Maybe. well yeah you're trying to defeat the the arch villain at the end and and any any game in which I can develop a seven card Hulk deck that upsets Ronan to the point where he wants to punch me it's got to be a good game yeah I hate your Hulk deck <laughs> Sure, sure, yeah, I'm gonna have heard of it. Yeah, yeah, okay. you've heard of it. That's yeah, fair enough, right. My number six is Tyrus of the Underdog. Yeah. Fine game. Fine game. Getting reprinted by Gale Force 9 with some extra things, but cubes instead of plasticky soldier things, which are whatever. And it's grand. It's really good. And I think, again, I always say, I think it's overlooked just because it's got Dungeons and Dragons written on the box. But as an actual game, it does everything very, very well. So good choice, Sean. Lovely. Your number five. Number five, it was going to come in at some point. It's Dominion. The, well, some people would say the daddy. I think everyone would say. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I still still think it's a fabulous game. Don't bring it to the table as much as we probably should. We we keep talking about it. So, oh, we really should play Dominion again. But, uh, yeah, it still comes out two or three times a year. Always have fun playing it. It seems a little bit more. Is my English coming through? Yeah. It seems a little bit simpler nowadays, and uh, now that we've sort of had this influx of more intricate deck builders and more involved deck builders, but it still holds water. Hasn't it just been replaced by everything else? No, I still think it. Do. I, I actually like going back to simplicity as my as my number two choice. We'll, we'll tell you later. <laughs> so that is got two letters in its name. Okay, my number five is a slightly obscure fantasy flight games Rune Age. Oh my! It was oh my my number eleven. Let's talk about something. It's set in Terranoth. Don't hold that against it. You are a particular uh, your dwarves or your elves or your humans or your orcs, whatever you might be, and you've got locations that you're trying to defend and you're trying to build up. You've got your own cards you can have and then you've got a central bank of cards you can take from, which is a really interesting idea. I think that was almost done very well in that horror themed deck builder, which spoiler is not in my list. Is it Nightfall? Yeah. yeah There's a lot right about that game, but a couple of things wrong. Anyway, with Rune Age... The flexibility in the small box of the fully cooperative, semi-cooperative, directly against each other, competing but not actually attacking each other. There's various ways of, of playing the game. Whatever style of deck builder suits you is in there and playing each of the factions feels a bit different. I just think it was done very, very well. It's one of those things where you get out and you're like, oh, what do I fancy doing? Oh, let's all fight the dragon. What do I fancy doing? Oh, the cat coming. What do I fancy doing? Oh, let's all fight the invaders. Whatever it might be, it just worked. And... Yeah, I think probably a slightly undersupported, underrepresented game, Rune Age. Yeah, I agree with everything you've just said. I, I've got in the back of my head. Do, do you? You don't need it, but is it a lot better? Isn't it a lot better with the little mini expansion that they released as well? 
I just add some variety to it. Yeah. That really kicked it on a bit. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's all in that little box. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good game. It's still in my collection. I keep threatening another one. I keep threatening yeah, to play. <laughs> totally, totally threatening to play it all the time and not playing it enough. Cool. So on to number four. My number four, you might argue a little bit here, Ronan, is Rococo. No. <laughs> You'll be a deck building every every round. You you pick you're picking up um, more cards to and to play your actions. A card. Yeah, to over five bring, rounds to bring into your deck to play your actions. No, you don't. You know, you can pick up more than one card. You can, but generally everyone takes one. Yeah, you can pick. So you can pick ten cards. Yeah, you can't pick ten because only a certain number <laughs> each round. So that's a lie. That depends if everyone takes one. You still can't get ten. <laughs> <I'll fight you. laughs> anyway, there is deck building in it, and it's a it's a very very good game. And I think the the deck building, although you're not bringing a lot of cards into your deck, those cards are absolutely vital to what your what your actions are because they are literally your actions. Hmm, you've got a lot of games that deck building are just a bit off it. <laughs> For a deck building top ten, I'd be like, show me where the deck building's the heart of it. Yeah, you take some cards in, but I think many other decisions are just as important, if not more, to what you're doing and how you use the cards more important than what cards you get. Which generally is what you should be in a good deck builder. But I, for me, the deck building is not a big enough aspect of this. For yeah, people. I felt it was a little slighter, but I did think about it for a little while and thought, no, it's absolutely crucial that you bring the right cards in. So that's why I've put it in. Now, the point why I'm arguing this so hard is, is that my number four is definitely dodgy as well. <laughs> It's Spirit Island. Right. Wait for it. So, Spirit Island is the co-op where you're playing as the spirits of the island where uh, colonising powers are coming over and they're ruining your nature and you're trying to fight back and your different powers and they have different ways of working. You might be controlling the seas or the shadows or the forest, whatever it might be. There's so many layers of going through Spirit Island and learning it and getting to more difficulties and more complications and harder invaders with powers and all sorts. When you first play, so if you only played it a couple of times, you'll be like, they're building, what are you talking about? You get handed a deck of cards, a small one, that is your upgrade. And when you get to the upgrade, it's like, take this one and put it in your deck. And then the next one is, you know, next time you get an upgrade, take this one and put it in your deck. Once you've played it a few times and you're no longer following those instructions, the deck building is crucial because you are choosing from, you draw either minor or major upgrades and you have to throw one of those out of your hand as well. And not only is it crucial to what you're doing, but it's crucial to combo with what the other players are doing. And you're also looking at the, uh, the the elements down the side to make sure you're matching up and you're able to, to trigger off your own particular powers on your mat. And it very much drives the strategy of the game. So this is for when you've played Spirit Island a few times, you suddenly start to realise how hard and crucial the deck building is and how bringing in one particular card is going to change the whole way that everyone is going to be able to manage what's going on on the board, especially, as, as I say, it gets more difficult and you're going against more difficult enemies. So the fact we chose these both at number four, Spirit Island is my Rococo. Yeah. So you have to play the game a certain amount of time yeah. to, get, to get to the point where you can actually deck build. Well, deck and there's anyway. still not that much deck building in it at all. You're deck building anyway. <laughs> it's just that the game gives you suggested deck building at the beginning. So you, start, take this card. You, you start off with a certain amount of cards and you've got to choose which ones to keep and which ones to chuck. You have to choose what cards it's are coming to your like deck. deck thinning. Well, I mean, you thinning is, is much of a hope for us to, but whatever. <laughs> Number four, Spirit Island, an incredible game where dick building is more integral than it is to Rococo by about 0.1 of a percent. <laughs> <laughs> Another one along the lines of Rococo where it's oh, a part, it's no. Concordia. Concordia, you again, oh, you are playing, oh. you, you're doing all your actions with your cards you and are. you are constantly buying cards to, to boost that. That's you're not, true. not only to boost your actions, but to boost your score because they also double up as set collection for scoring at the end. So you're building a bigger and bigger deck as you go and a more honed deck to what you're trying to do. I accept this more than we're copying. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> but and also, it's a fabulous game. Next time we're doing a top 10 of mechanisms, you're going to have to weight these according to how central the mechanism is to the game. <laughs> <laughs> Concordia is one of the top three deck builders. It's, is it? I say it's a deck builder, and therefore it's one of my top it's three a games. Game with deck building. It's one, of, yeah, it's one of my top three games. More deck building than Spirit Island. 
My number three. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm on steady ground now because my top three are all proper deck builders. And my number three is Shadowrun Crossfire. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's a fine game. <sighs> converted Ellie, she loves it. It's set in the Shadowrun universe where there's magic and technology. You're a bunch of shady people. Uh, you each have a role. There's four roles within your group. And you are doing some sort of shady operation and then trying to get out again while you're reacted to by other shady characters. And there's a market of cards and the cards are split by colour. So if you are the face, the chatty one, the red one, you, you might want to get red cards in your deck and then you're able to deal with certain things. You might be more of a fighter who's getting the black cards in your deck or the, the tech wheeze who's getting green cards or there's magic ones are blue. And you are constantly deck building, helping each other out. Everyone gets enemies assigned to them. You can fight each other's enemies. At the end of your turn, you're going to take damage from enemies. You're quite fragile. You don't want to be taking too much damage as you go through. It's got an experience system, which unfortunately is too slow. So just like you it and take more experience points but you can get individual powers and you build up individual characters who then have special powers on them which affects all sorts of different things within the game so there's a, there's an ongoing element to it if you wish there to be or you can just make a, a character with 100 experience points give yourself loads of cool powers and use the stickers it led on to the dragon f- no the crossfire dungeons and dragons game was that the name of it don't care it took shadow on crossfire well yeah it must be because this is called crossfire too anyway um it took what was in here and added too much to it so i didn't like that and i moved it on to fk from from mpi actually as it happens but there you go it's just a name drop it's brilliant it's hard you have to learn it you have to really really work together you have to prioritize it's probably better i think with two people each one in two characters rather than with four. But if you've got four people who all know the game, it can be really fun, but sometimes too many opinions because there's so many different ways of tackling each situation. And it is most certainly a deck builder, and I love it, and Sean doesn't. But I'm, I'm sure it's like a legendary marble. I'm sure that if he dug into it and played it a few times, he would actually love it because there's nothing in this game he doesn't like. There is. What? All of it. It's not true. <laughs> I played this really once and I, I hated it so much I just expelled it from memory apart from the fact that I hated it. Oh, that's the analysis. That that's the analysis, yeah. That's all you're getting. I, th- I think, I genuinely think this is one of them that if you well, played I'm, it on I'm me. never going to, so. Okay, well then I'll just sit over here crying. <laughs> <laughs> right, number one. I'm not two. sure. Number two. Number two, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm dumping. Yeah. It's definitely a deck builder. It's DC. It's DC deck know, builder. DC builder. And... I love DC Deck Builder. I don't care what the naysayers say. <laughs> yes, it's simple, but it's good, simple fun with beautiful artwork. It's set in the DC world, which I love, and I get to be Green Lantern. And my son loves it just as much, even more, more. We played the DC Deck Builder Dark Metal Universe ones, and it, like, to the point where I'm saying to him, no, I can't play that again. He constantly, oh, what do you want to play, James? Darmel. Oh, can we just play something else? <laughs> and we all love it. The whole family love it. And we can get together. And yeah, that's why it's number two. I can't believe you were put number two, a superhero deck building game, just because you like the theme of the universe. There's such a childish way of acting. Legendary. <laughs> My number two is Legendary Marvel. Yay! It's almost like it's a flawed game about superheroes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it can be a pain to set up. I would hugely recommend getting a smart app because the smart app will allow you to have the words that can deal with the problems you're facing because sometimes you get uh, setups that say, oh, you, if you don't have an X-Men character, you lose 5,000 health or whatever and you're like, well, there's no X-Men in this setup. A smart app will help you do that and they'll make sure you've yeah, got X-Men yeah. and they'll make sure you've got heroes that can some way trigger off each other. They're not perfect, but they certainly help and with the number of expansions, how they've managed to keep this all uh, and put the correct rules in, I don't know because mm. the amount of expansions for Legendary Marvel is incredible. I don't have them all. I don't really like playing as villains you know that if I'm going to be playing my legendary Marvel I want to be a hero you know what I'm saying but the variety the variety and challenge itself just in what the scenario is there's variety then in the masterminds and how they get taken down and then the different villains that mix together and then how the heroes work it's going to be a ridiculous number of different combinations don't worry about it it's just going to be ridiculous so it's just personal. We have lots of fun with this game. Rachel loves it. Rachel asks for it all the time. We play it two players, which makes it a bit easier. 
probably three player is the, is the sweet point for difficulty, but we love it and it's fun and we're playing with these characters that we love. So it's all good. Lovely. Sean, two personal choices for our number twos there. Indeed, indeed. I don't know what your number one is. Am I going to be... Um, I yeah, Maybe. <laughs> okay, good. My number one is Gloomhaven. No. Yes. No. Yes, it is. It's not a you're bringing you're bringing cards into your into your deck. You're choosing which ones you keep, much like Spirit Island. And no, in Spirit Island you do it in the game. And well, at the end of missions you bring bring in different. We excluded cards. like Arkham Horror because it does it in between. Uh, you excluded Arkham. I Horror. did. Yeah. I feel that the deck building side of Gloomhaven is so integral to what you're doing and how you're doing it. I'm not saying it's the it's the most efficient use of deck building but it's the game that has deck building in it that's my favourite game but it doesn't have deck building I think it's the best game it does you're building your deck you're choosing what cards to keep and what cards to put into your deck okay so this is the worst choice ever. <laughs> and DC deck builder is your favourite deck building one and what we can do is what did you say was actually your number 11 Court? no no this is staying what was it called no because no, I need to know because when I edit this <laughs> my number one is DC Deck Builder I need to know what the number 11 was don't make no, me do this no, not. it's a shocking choice I hope that people are throwing their I don't throw your phone at the wall I hope they're <laughs> shouting at their car radios right now they're shouting at your pure ignorance in dis- disregarding my choice I mean personally I can understand I'm being rude but you're wrong <laughs> my number one is Dominion really I love Dominion. So that, I love it. So you were throwing a red herring there. I imagine that. Ah. Is that London Board reference? <laughs> <laughs> this is a game that when it came out, people would come over to my house in the evening and we start playing at nine and at like midnight they'd be like, oh, I've got to go. I've got work tomorrow. I've really got to go. I've got to be up at six. And at three they'd still be playing Dominion Ooh. at my kitchen table. I have, I don't know, a hundred whatever games registered. That was in the tailing off of my place of Dominion. <laughs> I've missed hundreds and hundreds of games being logged of playing this. We got it out maybe just before we moved, it was probably February. Mm. It plays so quickly. It's so cool. It's so interesting. It's so like, right, what's this set up? Okay, I'm gonna try to go down here. Oh no, they're doing that and that's working well. Do I change? Because if I change, then I'm doing it less efficiently than them. Or do I stick with what I'm doing? Or am I just being stubborn? And it was all we're done in 25 minutes. I know it is the original. I know it's very simple. I know it hasn't been built on. But if you're saying to me, Ronan, you need to play a deck builder, what you're most likely to have fun with, it's Dominion. I'm going to enjoy every single game of it and it's going to be very quick and it's going to be interesting and we get the next set up and it's just a different puzzle to solve. And it doesn't take long. And you're having loads of fun and just don't get prosperity and everything's all right. Shut up. <laughs> Even when you're right, you're wrong. <laughs> Takes the subtlety out. It's a blunt tool. We all know this. <laughs> Leaving the uh, the cost eleven thingies though. Is it provinces? Or they cost? I forgot. I can't remember. Wherever one is, colonies, colonies. I think. I like the fact that you've got the ability to get more, but but all the money to ruins. Anyway, Dominion, the original. I know it's maybe it is nostalgia. I don't think so. I just think uh, it, for how quick it is, how pure it is, how I can look at it and be like, oh, what am I going for here? More actions? I'm going for more money, more buys. What am I going to do within a very simple framework? The amount of variety that all works. I have not kept up on all the expansions. I don't need to keep up on all the expansions. I've got five or whatever in the big box that Sean gave me. Because mm. I got two sent to me. You did, yeah. <laughs> and I love Dominion. And that's my number one deck builder. Very good. I so, mean, at least mine was a deck builder. Well, mine's a deck builder. It is not mine. I did okay. say my number one was my, my most dodgy choice. Why are you making your number one for them? Because it's the best game. Oh, mate. I don't know know what to do with you. I have to put you back in that cell again. Just two different ways of looking at it. (laughs) A right one and a short one. Anyway, it's been lovely to have you back. Obviously not. You've abused me since since minute one. That shows love. That's what family is. What's wrong with you? And uh, do you want to check to make sure you haven't got nine seconds of footage? Well, we won't know until I try and save it. Thanks, (laughs) Watts. I literally had a tweet while we were recording this abusing me for that. Good. Yeah. You deserved it. Yeah, I did. Okay, thanks. Thanks, sorry, everyone. Sorry again. Sorry, the world. At least we're back on the proper mic. Indeed. It's Saturday afternoon. There's no building going on. Uh, Do you want to see us out? Have you forgotten? Um, I shall try. Oh, God. <laughs> and 
Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Ronan. Thank you, Sean. Yay! Miss you. We are proud members of the Dice Tower Network. Go there for gaming goodness galore. If you want to catch us on social media, we are on Twitter at Game Pit Podcast. We've also got a small little Facebook page and an Instagram account. If you wish to contact us, we're on the Game Pit Podcast at gmail.com. And we've also got our Board Game Geek Guild. Thank you all for listening, and we shall catch you next time if Ronan doesn't mess it up. Music by E. Aaron. Missing boy. Boy's back.